Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Um, yeah, look, I was nervous, now I'm very nervous. He's like really set me up. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, as we... In our tradition, we, we stand when we want to read the Word of God, so if you could stand. And, you know, when you honor somebody, you know, you honor a judge or you honor a president, you actually stand up, but we're going to honor the Word of God uh, this morning. And um, if you can just put it up, the scripture. Um, you know, uh, Natalie's mother-in-law came to me the one day, and she says, you know, these pastors, they don't read out of the Bible anymore. So I said to you know, because they, they expect to have a Bible open up and reading from the Bible. So I said, you know, what did Moses come down with when he came down from the mountain? So she said, well, tablets of stone. So I said, well, I've, you know, these days they use the tablet. It's, just, it's a little bit different, but it's still called a tablet. It still contains the Word of God. Okay, and I'm going to do something different. I hope this works. Here we go. And I'm going to get you, uh, version actually reads it for you. Justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Okay. Amen. Okay, you guys can uh, be seated. Okay, we've been talking about um, moving the mountains and we've been on this faith journey. And from the scripture, I just want to show you you can put the first point up. It talks about, in the scripture, it talks about, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace. And you'll notice it says the, the past, it says we have been. It's something that took place in the past, that because of Jesus Christ, because of the work on the cross, we have been justified. And justified means that it is an act of God declaring you righteous in his sight, that you are free of guilt there's no condemnation, no charges are levied against you because of the work of Jesus Christ. And this was done by faith. And if you haven't done that yourself, if you haven't come to a point in your past where you've bowed, bowed down and you said, Lord Jesus, you know, I need you in my life. I need you to be my savior. You can also be justified. You can also be cleared of char- charges and you've been, you can be forgiven of all your sins because of Jesus Christ and what he has done for your life. And then the next thing we'll see in the next scripture, it says here, we have gained access by faith into the grace that which we now stand. So not only Jesus took care of your past, Jesus actually takes care of your present. The Bible, as you can see there, it says we stand in that peace and we have peace with God through grace right now. But then you say, but you know, uh, Peter, you know, I've messed up a few times. You know, from the time when I've been justified up until now, I've messed up big time. But you know what? That doesn't change the work of Christ because what, uh, what has uh, happened in your life is the work of Christ alone. 
It is not your work. It is not your effort. Nothing you can do can please God more because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. And when you mess up, it doesn't matter because his grace is sufficient for you right there to pull you out. That's why he gives you his grace. And then the next thing talks about the future. In the hope of the glory of God. The New Living Translation says it's like joyfully looking forward to sharing God's glory. You know, this faith journey doesn't only take care of your past, it takes care of your present, but it also takes care of your future. Your future is set and you one day, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, will share in God's glory. I mean, that is fantastic. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what's going to happen in your future, your future has been set and you will be with the Lord Jesus Christ one day and you will share in His glory because of the work that He has done. And when He's got hold of you, He will never let go of you. You know, sometimes, you know, Jay was talking about the plan. You can put up the next uh, little slide. You know, your plan looks like that. You know, most of us have this fantastic plan, you know, the glorious birth and so forth, and the Celine Dion at the background. But in actual fact, this is what happens. Okay. So our plans are, you know, like we want it easy. But then what happens is it actually looks like that. And sometimes we have like little crossroads that we have intersections that we have to like, make a choice. Now we do, Lord, do we go this way? Lord, do we go that way? And, you know, sometimes you mess up, we take the wrong path, and God doesn't say, well, you've messed up, I'm not walking with you, you can do it alone now. No, no, it doesn't matter what, you've, what choice you've made, He walks with you, and He goes through that valley with you, because He wants to see you through the valley, right to, through to the opposite side. So, this faith journey actually takes us all the way through to, um, all the way takes us through to the glory that we will share with Jesus one day. But then all of a sudden, you know, if you were a preacher and, you know, you were in the Baptist, you know, one of these Southern Baptists, and you'll have the glories and the hallelujahs and amens because, yeah, praise the Lord and all that sort of stuff. You know, because Paul is going so fantastically, he's going on a high note, and all of a sudden he says, but we glory in our sufferings. Can you imagine the whole audience like, glory in the sufferings. Paul, you ended on such a high note. Why did you have to bring sufferings into it? You know, between, between the present and between the glory and the future, you know, Paul talks about this word, sufferings. And in some translation, talks about tribulations or talks about trials. So, you know, this life is mixed up sometimes with sufferings. And that's what I want to talk about today, you know, that between the, the present and the future glory, from time to time, we're going to have to go through this uh, thing called sufferings. And uh, if you can turn to the next slide, this is what the Greek word, that specific Greek word is found six times in the New Testament, and it actually means especially internal pressure that causes someone to feel confined, restricted, without options, feeling that there's no way of escape. And I'm sure there's been times in your life where you felt you've been pressed into a corner and you've got no way out. This is, the t- this is the word that this Greek word is actually talking about. It's a place where you're backed in the corner and you think, God, I don't see any way out of this. Well, that's the best place to be. Because when you, when you, sometimes God actually brings us to corners so that we can look to Him again. You know, when life is good and everything's fantastic and the children are behaving and uh, you're getting A's in, you know, in your exams or whatever, and uh, the business is running well, well, then it's easy to believe in God and say, praise the Lord, amen, hallelujah. But then when you pressed hard, then actually what's inside actually gets really shown out. And I remember this um, one time I was asked to go and pray for somebody. Natalie's dad went to the hospital and there was a guy there. 
And um, he just, you know, he received bad news and he received just worse news. It just seemed to be going from bad to worse. And I said to the Lord, you know, I was, you know, I was like pacing up and down and saying, Lord, you know, what am I going to tell this guy? You know, it's, it's just, everything just seems to be going worse for this guy. He's just getting one worse report after the next worse report and so, and, and you know, what I say. And um, as I was uh, pondering, the Lord brought the scripture into mind where um, in Mark it talked about um, Jar- what's his name, Jarus, Jarius, where um, his daughter was very, very ill. And uh, he said, you know, Jesus, if you can come, my daughter's very ill. If you can come pray for her, then, you know, things can, are going to change. And while Jesus is on his way, we, we, we hear about the story of the woman that was, had the issue of blood. And it actually talks about that her condition just got worse and so bad that she actually had spent all her money on all the doctors and that still couldn't sort her out. And then when Jesus healed her, you know, so Jesus wasn't actually really in a rush. You know, he got stopped looked around, who's this touching my hem of my garment? Another miracle takes place. And then the guys came along and said, look, don't bother the teacher anymore. The little child is dead. And then the verse actually says, overhearing what uh, they had said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. You know, sometimes things can go from bad to worse. But Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. You know, sometimes... In, a, in, the, in the one translation, it, says, it actually says ignoring what they say. Sometimes you have to ignore what the world is saying to you and what, is actually, what the world is pushing onto you, that you know, things are just going to get worse. You're not going to get out of this thing. God is not for you. God is against you. He's really, he's, you know, this, the reason this is happening is because God is, God is punishing you. And that is furthest, that's the furthest thing from the truth, uh, the truth. Another story that reminds me where things go from bad to worse is with um, Lazarus. You know, Lazarus was, Jesus was told to come, um, you know, Lazarus is very ill. And it actually says that Jesus delayed his coming to, to go to Lazarus. And Lazarus died. So it became, it just went from bad to worse. And Jesus came there and he said to, he said to her, he said, look, do you believe in the resurrection? He says, yes, now I do believe in the resurrection. In the last day we'll be raised up. And then Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And she, he, he raised Lazarus uh, from the dead. Now, sometimes, you know, we, Jesus delays things because sometimes he wants to show a little bit more about himself. You see, they knew Jesus as the healer, but they didn't know Jesus as the resurrection and the life. So sometimes, sometimes things have to go worse so that God can show you some new aspect about himself because he wants to reveal himself to you and he wants to show more of himself to you. And the way he does that is sometimes we have to go through these little fiery furnaces in order to know another aspect of God. Okay. And then verse 3, it says here, verse 3 says, because we know suffering produces, and it says endurance it produces hope and character. So, Paul says, because we know, it's something that is confident that when we go through these trials, when we go through, through, through these tribulations, Paul says, it's actually God's going to work it for your good. God's going to work it into your, into your character. God's going to work it so that you have endurance. God's going to work it so that these things are actually going to be for the good of you. Okay. So the first thing that says there, endurance, if you can put up endurance. And it says there, this word endurance means... Endurance, steadfastness, especially as God enables a believer to remain, endure under the, challenge, the challenges that God allots in life. 
you know, sometimes we, we face challenges and we start to try and work things out for ourselves. The Bible says that we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart and not lean on our own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. Sometimes we lean on our own understanding and we try and work things out and we actually get ourselves into a knot. And sometimes, and it's happening in my life, I'm lying there and I've got problems in business. And, um, you know, you get in the, the letter of uh, demand because you haven't paid your supplier. And then the letter of demand becomes a lawyer's letter. And then the lawyer's letter becomes a judgment that the court, uh, the sheriff comes and delivers by you. And then you go through your mind in, and you're sleeping there or you're trying to sleep and you're just spinning these things through your head and you're trying to work it out. How are you going to get out of this? But you can't. That's when you need to trust the Lord with all your heart and know that he will direct your steps. You know, sometimes things, we just, when we brush, pushed into the corner, we, all you have to say is, Lord, I can't, but you can. Next thing it, uh, about being, uh, being, you know, to endure through something, Paul said, I've learned what it is to be hungry. I've learned what it is to be well fed. But then he says that I found contentment. And contentment, you know, is to be in a place where you're at ease regardless of your circumstances, that you're not driven by circumstances because, he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. You know, we, when we walk this path, we don't walk it alone. We actually walk with Jesus. Jesus is with us and he's actually there to show us the way and lead us and direct us so that we will take right steps. You know, when uh, things go wrong, um, we, it's, it's amazing how it can actually focus your attention on the Lord. You know, sometimes that, uh, that when things are going well, you know, things are good, it's, uh, it's, you, you sort of like forget what the Lord has done for you. And uh, when you get hard-pressed, then you press in hard as well. You also press into, into the Lord and say, Lord, I, we, I need your help over here. I need your um, assistance in this regard. And it reminds me of Paul as well. When Paul, he prayed to the Lord three times, he said, Lord, if it's possible, take this thorn away from me. This thing that is hounding me, take it away from me. And then God replied, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, when we when I, at Magnador, we, like I said to you, we, it was at one point we were on the brink. We were, I mean, we were this close of, of, of being uh, closed down. But God worked away. You know, he, you know the tax man, the tax man, this little, this little guy. Oh, let me tell you the story. Um, this, 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 actually, this massive guy. He was little guy was like Gabe, and the massive guy was like somebody big, like uh, like the Rock. And he had this orange, and he squeezed it, and he squeezed everything, and he put it down, and he said to the audience, whoever can get more out of here, you know, they, they will win the prize. So all these big guys came along, and they squeezed in this orange boy, but nothing comes out. And this little guy like Gabe came up, and he grabs that orange, and he squeezes it, and it drops. And, they, and it's unbelievable. They can't believe that this little scorny guy actually got another drop, and he says, who do you work for? And he says, I work for the tax man. <laughs> so... But you know, it's amazing that when we when we in a desperate state in, in Magnador, we went to the tax man and he wrote off over a million rand in our business here. We owed the tax man over a million rand and he wrote it off. We did a deal and, um, you know, that's what God can do for you. You, know, you can be pressed in hard and I didn't see a way out. Eh? I thought, Lord, 
You know, and I wasn't a man that was confident and said, yeah, the Lord's going to get us through this, you know, you know, full of faith. But I was, what I did know was, His grace is sufficient. All I used to say to myself, and I used to sing a lot, I used to say, Lord, your grace is sufficient for me. You're going to get me through this. I don't know what the future holds, but you're going to get me through this because your grace is sufficient for me. Another thing that is um, good for you is to, to build memorial stones. You know, when uh, Joshua, when they, crossed the, um, when they crossed the Jordan, they were told to take 12 stones, and they put these 12 stones down there. And then they said, if, you ask, if your children ask, what is this about? You can tell them that the Lord actually delivered us. He took us over ground around through this, um, when it was in flood, he took us over the Jordan River. So sometimes we have to go back and say, Lord, you know, you took us out of here. You took me out of there. You took me out of there. You'll take me out of here. Okay. Then the next thing he talks about is character. If you can bring up character. It says character, the Greek meaning proof of genuineness, approval through testing. So when it talks about character, it's actually talking about that when we go through tests in life, God, is, God will use that circumstance okay, to prove your genuineness of your faith. You see, God knows your faith. He knows the level of your faith. He knows where your stand is. God knows everything, but you need to know sometimes where you stand. And when God puts you under pressure and when God puts you through a circumstance, God reveals the faith in you. He brings that out. So you have, yeah, you have Abraham. God gave him a promise. He said, through your, um, through your seed and through Isaac, all the nations will be blessed. So he has the promise, and God tells him, take the promise and put it on the altar. Actually, take your son and sacrifice your son. Now, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So sometimes we need to trust God when it doesn't make sense. And the Bible says that it wasn't wasn't his works that justified him before God. It was his faith that justified him before God. But he was justified before men. You see, your time of testing will become your testimony. Sometimes our testimonies, when God has taken us through stuff, will become your testimony to other people. And people will watch you and see your life and say, God took that person through, he can do it for me. You can be an encouragement to somebody else. Right in this week, I was listening to a story uh, of this lady that um, was held captive by Satan. She was possessed by Satan. She was bedridden for years in hospital. And then some Christian friends came to her and said, you know, why don't you get our pastor to come pray for you? And they said, well, you know, we've tried everything. We've been to the witch doctors. We've been to um, the different uh, priests, and they've done this and they've done that. And so they said, well, we'll just give it a try. You know, we'll go to Jesus, and we'll see what happens. And in this amazing story, she actually gets delivered. She gets set free from those demons. She gets healed, and she starts to walk. And she got all of that, and she hadn't received Jesus yet as a Savior. So that's unmerited, undeserving kindness of God. She didn't deserve it, but God healed her, God delivered her, and set her free from the kingdom of darkness. And she hadn't yet made a commitment. And then she said to the pastor, okay, pastor, what must I do now? You know, what must I do now? And um, he said, no, look, you just wait on God and God will reveal himself. And that's what happened to her. She had a, a vision of Jesus. Jesus came to her and uh, she gave a lot to the Lord. And then she thought, well, things got tough. 
rejected by her family, kicked out of her home. Sheriff takes her stuff away. And then the, you know, the family would come to her, but come in, just come back, come do these things that you used to do. And she said, I can't. How can I accept the healing without accepting the healer? And that right there, her, t- her, her faith was tested and her faith was shown to be genuine. You know, so sometimes, you know, we go through tough times, but it will show the genuineness of your faith. That your faith is steadfast in Jesus. You're holding on to Jesus with all your life. All right, and the next thing is about genuous, you know, the diamonds, you know, sometimes they, they look at the clarity of the diamond, and when it has imperfections in it, they'll take that diamond and they'll put it under pressure, extreme pressure and extreme heat. And what it actually does is it actually takes out those flaws. It actually takes out the impurities that are in the diamond, and it makes the diamond more, more valuable. So sometimes when we go into these things, God takes out the things that he actually wants to reveal to you that wouldn't be revealed to you if you weren't under that trial. So sometimes you have to go on the trial for God to reveal something in you that he wants to get out of you because he doesn't want that to stay in you. Because he loves you enough to change you, to make you more like Jesus. Okay. Then hope. The word hope. The Greek meaning is joyful, confident expect, expectation of good. Okay. Now we quote this verse so many times that uh, we say that God works out all things uh, for good for those that love him. You know, sometimes, you know, life can be difficult. It's like uh, baking a cake. If you take a cake and you take salt by itself, it doesn't taste very nice. If you take flour and you put it in your mouth, it doesn't taste very nice. If you take a little bit of um, cocoa and you put that in your mouth, that ain't so nice well. Take some raw eggs, that ain't so nice. So all of them together, they're not nice, eh? You put them... But then if you take it and you mix it all up together, you put it in an oven, you give it a little bit of heat, and that's what God does, puts us in the oven, puts a little bit of heat on it, it comes out and it's a chocolate cake. Hey? So God works out all things for good. He makes you into a tasty chocolate cake. Okay, hope. In Psalm 138 verse 8 it says, God will work out his plans for your life. We need to trust God that God will work out his plans for your life. God will open doors and God will close doors. Sometimes, you know, when I look back in my life, and I said it a few weeks ago, that I'm glad that God actually closed some doors in my life. Because I look back and I said, Yo, thank you, Lord, that you actually didn't ask my prayer there because I wanted something. And sometimes you want to, like Gabe says, sometimes we oppress it, we want it, and we're trying to force it, but it actually wasn't for our good. Okay, so trust God that he will open up doors and close doors. And, you know, we, we have dreams. Hold tightly onto the dream, but let God work that dream out for you. You know, sometimes we, want to, we have a dream that God has given us, and we want uh, to fulfill that uh, ministry, whatever God has placed in your heart. And if God is placed in your heart, He will work it out. Just trust Him that He will work it out. Another thing is that we can, we can hope in His love. You know, hope is, when it talks about hope, it is a joyful, confident expectation of good. It is not something that, is, that we know we, we hope for, that it's something like we hope for to win the lottery. It's not that type of hope. It is sure and it is certain that just as we're going to share in the glory of God, that is the hope that this Bible is talking about and the scripture is talking about. And in Romans it talks about that neither death nor life, neither demons nor angels, neither, nor the present or the future, Neither the height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So now if you, if you went through this list, you'll see that it says even death. 
You know, sometimes, sometimes things just don't work out, and you wonder why God, look, God, I prayed about the situation, and the person died. But you know, for the believer, it is a win-win situation. Even in death, they've moved from life to life more abundantly, life that we can't even imagine. Because for the believer, if he gets healed, it's a win. If he doesn't get healed, it's still a win. He's going to be in the presence of God, totally healed, no pain, no more suffering, totally in the presence of God, with his love forever. And you know, sometimes you hear about these stories that people have, these near-death experiences, and they die on the table or whatever for whatever amount of time. And many times they actually say, I don't want to come back. They don't want to come back. Who wants to come back when you've got such an amazing experience, such an, you're in the very presence of God with His love, you don't want to come back. Okay, then the last thing is, which I wanted to keep for last, um, it talks about glory. And it says there that we actually glory in our sufferings. So we, uh, I looked up that word, and glory means that word over there, glory. is not the glory, hallelujah, praise the Lord for this trial. The Bible says, give thanks for all, th- give thanks in all things, not for all things. Okay, so we give thanks in all things, because the Bible says, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So if you want to know the will of God, give thanks in all things. All right. So it says, uh, the glory means living up, living with head up high. It refers to living with a God-given confidence to deal successfully with the matter. Okay, so God has given us everything the Bible says that God has given us, everything that we need for life and godliness. The tools that God has given us, He's given us the armor of God to be able to face our trials. He says, when the day of evil comes, He says, when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand because you put on the full armor of God. You have the armor of God to stand against the enemy. You put up the shield of faith. You take the sword. When the enemy shoots doubt, the enemy shoots fear, the enemy shoots condemnation, the enemy, whatever the enemy shoots at you, you take the shield, you put it up, and you cut them off with the, with the word of God. Now, um, the thing is, the devil, his trick is, he says, the, the devil comes along and he says, did God say? He comes along and says, did God really say that? And he'll say, for example, you know, you, we've got so many scriptures, we've got the promises of God, and, and the, the Bible, uh, Bible says the devil will come along and say, did God really say that no weapon formed against you will prosper? Did God say that you are the head and not the tail? Did God say that if you speak to this mountain, this mountain will be removed into the sea? And the, and so the, the attack of the, of the enemy has been the same from the beginning that he wants to bring you down by causing you to doubt God's word, doubt God's love for you, and all he wants you to do is he wants you to fail. But God wants you to succeed, and he's giving you the tools to succeed, and he tells, put on the full arm of God. When the enemy comes, you can stand against him. Not because of your strength, because it says there, it's a God-given confidence to deal successfully. It is not because you are so good, it's because he is so good. God has given everything, and when you face the enemy, and when you face the, uh, your, your giant, and you stand before Goliath, when David came along, he had a stone, and he had his five stones, and he had his sling, but he said, even though he had those physical things, the thing that he came, he said, I come against you in the name of the Lord. You see, when you come against your enemy, you come against him in the name of the Lord, not in your own strength, but on his strength alone. Amen.